And how how was your weekend? Man, it was pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm good. Definitely excited about um, the upcoming FIBA tournament. It's kind of uh, interesting right now watching this Team USA team. I know we've had a lot to say about it, and people think we need to get off of the riding them so hard. But um, I just want to ask you, because I was thinking about this right before we got on. Okay. And maybe this will kind of crystallize how I feel, at least, about this team. But what? how many NBA teams do you think that this Team USA FIBA team could beat? Well, man, that's a really good question. I'm trying to figure it out here. Do you think that they could get to the Eastern Conference Finals? Because I don't. Hey, how's your mic? Do you hear an echo? I don't hear an echo, no, personally. Man, I have a horrible echo here. What's... But... What about that? I don't hear an echo, but... That's better. All right. right. My bad. Do you think that that this team with Ant, Brennan Ingram, Halliburton, um, like... Those are kind of the best players. I guess there's people could argue that there's a few other, you know, solid players, but um do you think that they could beat uh I don't know, a team that made it to the second round of the playoffs? You know, here's the thing is I I don't know how this team can play together. I you know, I am all about team chemistry. I've always been about team chemistry. Can the team put together uh, a squad that that really is cohesive. Uh, Sam Presti talks about it a lot, and that's one of the reasons I love talking about it is because if you think about Sam Presti, you think about what he's saying um, with drafting a team and having a, a team versus having a bunch of guys that that want to be with each other. So going back to that question is, is that can this team um, that we're seeing with FIBA um, really pull it together? Um, I, I think we were a little bit harsh on one of the uh, shorts that we had done uh, about talking about um, this week uh, um, USA team. Uh, but I'll be honest with you is that there's not a name that stands out to me. And that's why it was important that we were looking at it and we're saying, why don't we have a younger team here? Because this is a perfect year to just focus on the young team. And we did with, with KD and Russ and, and all those other guys. So why not do it again? You know, and, that's where I keep going back to. And that's why I want to say like, this is for me a big moment for this team. If we can um, pull things together what right? up, Jared? and we can continue, but more so this, this watching this USA team and, and seeing what's going to go on here. There, there's a lot of really good teams here, man. This is not just like, this is old school hoops where we what know the uh, USA is going to be in the top three. Like this is, this is a very deep FIBA championship. And, so when we say that this is a weak USA team, it's just weak comparatively to what we've seen in the past. Does that make sense, man? It does, but you're like, here's my problem. Okay, if if this team wasn't named USA, would be would we we be ah, would we be willing to be real? Well, again, I, this is I like think- that's what I mean. Like, if this team was called the Cobras or something, it'd be like. Yeah, man, this team looks like a bunch of ball hogs. Well, they have a bunch of good pieces, though, and they can play together. um, Bro, I think I just lost my internet, but we'll see. Maybe it's just my room that went out. I'm back. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Haha, lucky. Um, But Man, I would be scared of that, Smith. An 85-inch TV in my face, bro? What the hell, man? I can't handle that. (laughs) So, 
I mean, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, if this, are, are we afraid of being like traitors to our country? Is that why we won't be real about this Team USA? I listen. This, okay, the Oklahoma City Thunder has taught me a couple of things about basketball, man. Um, Sam Presti and and and, and my experience with That's understanding, cool. like where basketball is going. It's it's no longer the USA versus the world. It's a global sport, and like to me, like I. I keep going back to like, is it wrong of us to sit there and say, we're going to cheer for this team, this team, and this team? No, it's not because that's what it's supposed to, because basketball is supposed to have your favorite players playing for different, you know, um, um, teams nationally. And when, what's that? Since when? Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, I, I go back to like 2004 when we started seeing a lot of, you know, NBA players playing for different squads, 2006, maybe, you know, and it's just start like being like, oh my gosh, this is the potential, you know? And now that we see that potential, it's to me, it's sexy, man. Like, I, I don't want to stop it. I don't want this team to be like looking back and saying, oh, we should have done this or we should have done this. Uh, I just don't think that this team is equivalent to the Australian team or, um, you know, uh, even, I mean, Germany. I mean, you you could bring you could bring out a few of these teams that have deceptively good teams, and when I say teams, that's exactly what I mean. Right now, from what I've seen with the USA team, is that we have a bunch of players that play the game of hoops very well, learning to be a team. These other squads have been playing together for a lot longer, and they know each other. They they work out with each other every year. You know what I'm saying? Like this, it's a different atmosphere than the USA team, and that's why. I, I, I got to take a step back and I'm wondering what the fuck they were thinking when they put this team together. They should have gone young. They should have made it young because they want this team to be playing together in seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. You know, like that's how we're going to be able to win a gold medal in the Olympics in, you know, uh, 12 years or 13 years or whatever is by playing these young guys now. Bro, and, and you said you were trying to be nicer this time. I, but I'm just being honest with it, man. That's like the problem. Listen, because- if, if, if Steve Kerr or Popovich or any of these other coaches, they sat here and they said, look at this team comparatively the other years. This is what I feel about. It. And they would be very similar to what I'm saying. It you wouldn't know, be like a shocker. When um, college teams, when they started, um, even like the older programs, more traditional programs started really going for one and done players. Sure. It changed the power dynamics and it put it in spots where teams that had more chemistry who had four-year starters, things like that, um, you know, had an advantage over those teams that were, like, full of freshmen. Um, sure. Kentucky went out and, and proved some things, but most other squads had really had a lot of tough times in tournament time, and then you would see these massive Cinderella's go all the way to the Final Four, and it would be because they had depth with players who understood how to play the game plan. And I feel like we're going to see something similar um, wh- when this happens with – you know, Team USA versus the world, the world, like these other teams in, in the world have a lot of continuity. Sure. And we don't. And that usually wins unless you have such an outstanding amount more talent than yeah. the other guys. And it doesn't appear that we do. So it really seems like we're set up as Team USA to take a real serious punch in the What's face. Up James? What's up, Jared? Look, we don't take FIBA as seriously as we should anyway. But like you said, this was an opportunity for us to gear up for the next decade of team USA. And it seems to me like a, it's a step backwards, but people will, people will ridicule us until there's a few losses. And then once they do, they'll be like, Man, well, I guess we should have seen it coming. 
I felt the same way about um, the year before the um, Redeem team. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, when they sent, I, there was just a shitty team they sent. I was like, why did we do this? You know, like, are we trying to give away the gold medal? You know, like, they, but we had all these rules that prohibited for us from sending guys that had already gone. And it was just like this, this is ridiculous. Like It was um, this mentality that we were so much more talented than everybody else that we didn't have That was have the to- change. That was the moment that we all started seeing. And, it, and that's to me it, my my point. It goes back. It changed to for a while, but we're back to it. And that's that's what happens with like teams that develop dynasties. They get sure. complacent, and that's what we're seeing with that team, dude. It's a well, team and I look complacency. at I wish again. I wish because the gold when we go to the Olympics, right? In uh, 2024. I think it is. Yeah, um, I'm concerned that the Olympic Committee doesn't understand what it takes to put a team together. I'm I'm truly concerned. Because if we're looking at the team that we're looking at right now, I, I would say maybe three of these players will be on that team next year. Because if Chet comes out and has a crazy good year, you know he's going. J-Dub has a crazy year, you know he's going, right? And we can keep going down that list. And all of a sudden, all these other guys that keep getting pushed out and pushed back further and further and further. you know. Right. And then it's like, why do we waste these spaces the year before? You know, that's what I get frustrated about. I get frustrated because Kate Cunningham should have been on this team. You know, Jalen Green should have been on this team. Like, we should have gone straight young motherfucking players, and we should have just done it because we're not going to place in the top three. And if we place in the top three, that will surprise me this year with FIBA. And if we're not placing the top three, what the fuck are we doing? You know, like, again, USA basketball is, is, in my opinion, the pinnacle of basketball at this moment, you know? In five years, six years, we don't know where it's going. It could be France. It could be the pinnacle. You know, it could be all the top, you know, say five of the top 10 players in the league could be French, you know, and you could just start going down the list. You're like, we don't know where the league is in going five years and who, which country is going to be the pinnacle of, of hoops. And that's fine with me because that's the first time in history it's ever been like that. So I asked you at the beginning, like... What teams would you take Team USA to beat? Let me ask you one that shouldn't be too hard for you to think about. Sure. Would they beat the Thunder? Um, you mean if they haven't played very many games before? Yeah. No, they would not beat the Thunder. If the Thunder were playing against them and they had at least a season under their belt playing against this team, Thunder would crush the shit out of them. Because we play team hoops. It's not ISO. It's not individual. And I feel like that is what's happening right now in the USA hoops. Is they got a bunch of guys that play ISO basketball like Brandon Ingram. And you know what I'm saying? And like, and it's cool. It's fun because you have somebody like Tyrese throwing the ball around to them. And you can do that. But again, that's not where this the league is going to be in you know, five, ten years. Like The value is not going to be in who's the best ISO player in the, you know, on your team. It's just not. So to me, it's just, it's cool to see, I guess, in this aspect of the old school FIBA drafting wise. But if they don't get young people or, or, or GMs that give a shit about making sure that this, you know, new systems and idea of what's happening with the league is, is represented, then we're going to have teams that are going to get crushed every fucking year. Olympics, FIBA. It doesn't matter, man. Like, we'll get crushed because if, if we're not willing to change our ways as USA representatives of basketball, then we get it's just over, you know, like it is. 
So let's talk about a team that seems to be favorite, at least in some experts' yeah, opinion. Do it, man. Team Canada. Dude, um, I love Team Canada, man. I love Team Canada. I love Team Australia. I mean, we could go down the list of teams I love to watch, but those two lead the way, bro. So let's talk about Team Canada. Let's talk about Shea. Yeah. Um, do you think they have what it takes? I mean, he seems to be the best player in the tournament. I'll be honest with you. I'll be, I mean, 100% honest with you. Um, if nobody gets injured on that Canadian team, they're going to have, they have the best guard combos, you know, in this. If they go out there just shooting and going, 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 nobody's going to stay with them. They're going to put up 100 and crazy points. And that's cool because they need to make a, a, a scene right now. They know it more than anybody that they need to go into the Olympics next year as one of the top teams. Because if they don't, then they're in trouble. And that again, again, a team like Canada, they're putting their their best players forward, right? Um, a, a team we can go. It's just so frustrating, man. Like we're we're gonna watch this team, and we're gonna say Canada's gonna look amazing, Australia's gonna look amazing, and it's gonna look like okay if we don't bring our A game to the Olympics, then we're not gonna walk away with another gold medal. And I'm like at this point, like I want to see these guys do well, but I, I also want a lesson to be learned here so that we're not walking around being like, oh, yeah, we can do this. Yeah. If you win when you don't put your best foot forward, then you're just going to keep throwing up bullshit. Um, exactly, man. So Jared wants to know about Shade's game, how it would translate to the 90s and maybe the early 2000s. Here's my question about Shay. Like, in this goes with FIBA and the upcoming season. Like, the way I see it, he is the front runner for MVP. If this team outperforms expectations, which sure. they've been set low enough where that's reasonable to do, if expectations were 50 wins, that might be harder to do. But if they hmm. outperform expectations, he puts up 30 plus. You know, is he the MVP? Is he is being the best player in the world for FIBA? You know, is that? You know, with Luca in the you know tournament, is that a good sign of that? And if you go back to 1995, would that make him one of the top five players in the world? I I think you look at Shea's game because of the dynamic um, situation that he's in and and the offensive game that he brings, where he can shoot threes at a effective level, or he can you know only hit a one three a game and yet score thirty points a game. You know, like. The way he's able to do that and still understand where he needs to be on the floor for passing, it's like that. Like I his game would translate into almost any part of history of the game. Like, there's very few players that you can say that about. But Shea, in my opinion, because it's like, do you want somebody to attack the hole without taking threes? Cool. Well, who would you rather in the league right now than somebody like Shea? That has incredibly high percentage of getting into the um, into the lane, either passing the ball or shooting the ball at a very effective rate. So you have somebody like that. That it doesn't matter what time in history, eighties, nineties, two thousands. You know, like somebody like that will dominate the game. You know, like you say the same thing about LeBron. Say the same thing about these players that are so phenomenally amazing. You, you insert them here and they do amazing, right? You say the same thing about Jordan. Say the same thing about, um, I, I mean, I think Charles Barkley is another player that would have phenomenally fit in almost anywhere, you know? And, and and you say these players and you look at these guys and you're like, man, it doesn't matter where they're at in the history of the game. The fact is, 
these guys have an opportunity to play at any time in the history of the game because it's elite. Shaq, another guy. I know he can't shoot, right? But nobody can stop Shaq. What are you going to do? Play a zone against Shaq? That doesn't matter. You can have three seven-footers out there, and Shaq's going to still dunk over it. You're What's up, shoot- Sammy? What's up, Sammy? You're going to shoot yeah. threes. That's what you're going to do. Now, the whole modern analytical style of basketball fires everybody up. I think that's how you beat Shaq, right? You beat a giant with a uh, Steph Curry. Sure. But but the thing is, is that even with the, a giant like Yao Ming against Shaq, you know, like Shaq still in his own little way, like dominate. And, 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 but it's the generational, like Jared just said, it's the generational talent, man. Like talent wreaks talent. So it doesn't matter where you put Shea in the history of the game because he has shown he doesn't rely on his three-point game to make him a good player. You can insert him 80s, 90s, 70s because he can do that. You know, like that's the beautiful thing about somebody like that. Like, do I think that Steph Curry could have uh, been successful in any part, um, any time during the league? No. You know why? Because if he played in the 90s, Steph Curry would have been injured all the fucking time. You know, all the time. I mean, think about how they got under players' feet, you know, sprained ankles. I mean, all the time. Hard fouls. Like, it would have taken one hard foul for somebody to knock um, Steph out. So, Again, it's all about the time um, period that you play in, you know? And fortunately for we, fortunately, Oklahoma City Thunder fans, I think we get an opportunity to watch Shea no matter what if he played in insert time period. Do you think um, he would be the same type of player or do you think he'd rely on his jump shot more if they were packing the paint a lot? Well, I mean, obviously, you think about the 90s and you think about the even the early 2000s and the domination of the big man during that time. Right. You would see his game dwarf a little bit. But the thing about what Shea does is how many times does he go all the way down the lane? You know, he he, he does when he gets past the, the big guy, but he goes to the edge of it and puts his foot in the lane and then passes the ball. You see what I'm saying? Like back in the 90s with all the, the you know, uh, help defenses and all that other stuff. Right. Like, yes, Shake would have had a slightly changed his game. But it wouldn't have been dramatically. And I think that he would have been one of those guys that would have very easily been able to do so. Cool, cool. So, Sammy, how you been, man? It's good to see you again. Um, By the way, guys, if you haven't seen it, Andrew Gay's jersey signed by a bunch of the players. And uh, that was given to me by um, Sammy. Totally amazing. I I loved looking at it every single day. And it makes me smile, even when I see it in the the rear view here. Of the camera. So pretty stoked that I get to have that and get a look at it as often as I do. And by the way, I am going to be taking it to a game this year. So I'm going to be trying to get to the um, Washington Wizards versus the Oklahoma City Thunder game this year. And I'm going to wear that. And hopefully I can try to finagle uh, some courtside seats. You think you're going to be able to fit into it, bro? (laughs) Dude, it's Andrew Gaze, first of all. And I think it's a triple XL. So if I can't fit it into it, man, then I've got problems. I'm... I'm a straight up double XL, bro. All right, I didn't, re- I didn't realize it was that big, dude. Yeah, um, it's a big, big jersey. All right, watch out for Dave at the Wizards game. Yeah, and it's slightly see through, so if you see my nipples, I do apologize, <laughs> dude. Um, that's the um, that's the old MCI Center. Now they call it the Verizon Center, right? I know. Uh, I oh. forget what it's called. It's but, but it's, yeah, it, but when it was the MCI Center, I snuck into an Eric Clapton concert oh, there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, back in the day, bro. Back in the day, anyway. 
moving forward, moving forward. Good times. Um, so Shay for MVP. Yeah. Why, dude? What? Like, listen. Anybody that says that we're crazy, again, we're homers. <laughs> okay, so we're allowed to be crazy. You know, like we're super fans of the Oklahoma City Thunder. We're not super fans of the Lakers. So Shay for MVP is what we would like to see because that's what we see his talent being. You know, like if you're a top five MVP candidate and if you take all the guards votes and you combine them into one, they only beat Shea by a couple points. I think Shea had 46 points and all the guards on the list had 49 points, you know, like, so knowing that I I feel like Shea has a a huge step up. I feel like Shea has an opportunity because this last year, Shea surprised everybody with a, you know, top five MVP uh, finish, but it wasn't a surprise for us. It was a surprise for everybody else that had didn't watch the Oklahoma City Thunder because we were only on TV about three times, four times. So it's not a surprise that some of these other people didn't know what was happening in Oklahoma City. But now they do. Now they're following. And because of that, I think Shea could get a lot more MVP votes. And if you're talking about a popularity contest, what's better than somebody that went from five to number one and he's under 25 years old getting an MVP? Beautiful, beautiful, bro. It's the new new style of hoops coming. What up, Riddles? Riddles. Dude, I dig it. I think with Shea out there, you know, last summer we were talking about it and we were like, you know, he's establishing his campaign for first team all NBA. He did that with averaging 30 after the all-star break. He came out and did that for a whole season and, you know, forced himself to be um, reckoned with. And then here we are with... It, and I don't feel like there are enough people who are anticipating another step up in a player who is still about to enter his prime, not sure. quite in his prime. You're right. That's what's surprising to me right now. I think um, we have to start the rumor. We have to start the movement. Like Shea for MVP, it starts FIBA, and it runs straight through, man. It runs straight the fuck through. Yeah, and... um um, all right, Hugh, how many national televised games will be this year? We we won't know that until close to the season, but I'm guessing at, at least 10. We're going to have a bunch because uh, this year people think we're going to be for real. Um, I'm excited about that. Jared, um, all right, I was a Knicks fan growing up, but my second favorite team, I, in my opinion, it was okay to have a West Coast team and a uh, favorite East Coast team. So I, I was definitely a Sean Kemp and the Glove fan, man. I I love what those two could do in um, Seattle. So um, I was a Sonics fan early on, um, and I actually bought Sean Kemp's shoes. Um, I was a big Kemp fan. Um, so you know, rainmaker. Yeah. I again, I like we've lo- we've loved watching this team mature to what it is now. But um, best player in FIBA, George is Shea the best player in FIBA this year? I would say this is that. Luke is there, so Luke it's is pretty there. amazing that people are even considering that as a possibility. But I, but yes, again, I'm a homer, so yes, Shea is the best player <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, oh, nice, Jared. Jock You're a Lakers fan, years. hell yeah, Jared. I'm glad you uh gave that, that up. <laughs> uh, uh, where will Josh be in five years? This is so hard to predict because. A lot of it is attached to where you think the team will be. And and what are the stats looking like in five years? Like, is it normal to have a, uh, a point guard that averages nearly a triple-double in a season? 
You know, like what's what's going to happen? We don't know what's happening to the guard um, situation, but I, I do think that the way that Josh's body is and the way that he can take abuse in the NBA like he does, I think that he's somebody that we'll see for a very long time. So what do I think his stats and stuff? I think he's going to be um, an all-star level in five years. I think you're going to see him um, really start coming out of a shell um, in the next couple of years when he's able to put up 20 plus points a game, do something crazy like uh, 11 rebounds, um, 12 rebounds, and maybe even nine and a half, 10, 12 assists a game. So I do think that this is going to be some of Josh's stats over the next you know few years. Uh, he's just a phenomenal player. <sighs> Point forward. Exactly, George. Exactly, man. How, how, you can't have too many of those guys. What up, Chris? Chris? What's up, man? So let's see, man. Um, Monday. How's everybody's Monday going? Definitely appreciate you guys joining us. Um, seems like it's a good time for some people. Sammy, I'm glad you joined us. What time is it for you, Sammy? Because um, I know it's pretty early, late. I don't know. Like five, six o'clock or something like that. Okay. Um, and Chris. I'm going to uh, act like I'm smart. Ten past two. Damn. <laughs> Damn. But well, we appreciate you staying up, man. For sure, man. Can't believe it's that late, man. I try to go to bed at um I try to go to sleep before 10. So yes. There. Weed and workout. Dude, that's like two of my favorite things. I go I go on about, I don't know, a three mile walk in the morning, every morning. Um, so I like to bring my uh, my vape with me. Um, and stumble into the house at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> right. The best. Exactly, dude. For sure. Um, I just got some fresh bud and crumble. So, Oh, nice. nice that's why my eyes are a little... No, you're good, dude. I know what crumbles up. So, um, man. Um, all right. So, Riddle says, I'll give you five on... Um, Team USA and Team Australia to get gold and silver in the World Cup. I'm going to say this. Pick the order. I'm going to say I would put $5 down for a championship of Canada and Australia. Canada and Australia. What up, Niner? And I think in the third place game, you'll have the U.S. and let's just say Luca. Because <laughs> what else can you say? Just Luca. Just Luca. Just Luca. It'll be, it'll be five versus Luca. <laughs> George, you think about bringing Shay off the bench, slide Jade up to the two, and start J-Wool. There are so many, like, wrinkles. Um, like, But George then I keep the thinking, like, Sam Presti was all, like, he's always kind of been that Spurs kind of, like, jam that has, like, a consistent starting lineup. Um. I do like the idea of getting Jay Will in the starting lineup. I think him next to Chet is something that's just hard to hard to not love. But I don't know. I mean, this is something that just goes after like, over and over and over again. Like, is Dort Blake. a starter? Yeah. What up, Blake? Man, tip to tip, bro. Tip to tip, I want to see Chet and Jay Will out there, bro. Just want to see what they can do, all right? But 
I mean, if we're going straight back door, I want to make sure that I see, I want to see J-Dub out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Give me one margarita. You know what I'm saying? I think you're right, George. I'm thinking about it. I, I mean, think Poku is playing. I, I don't know. He's just getting back from injuries. So who knows? Man, I really like that idea of getting Jay Will in that starting lineup. I think what he does on the defensive end will play right into what Chet does. Um, but man, bringing Dort off the bench, making his type of money, it, I think if that happens, you you got to trade him before you bring him off the bench. I'm sorry, you just got to. You can't you can't bring Dort off the bench because then it devalues his his value. And if you bring him off the bench, then you've got a 87 million dollar poker chip. You know, like you can't cash that in. You know, you need to be able to stay fluent. And I think that's the thing about Dort is that if you're going to say, I'm sorry, J-Dub and J-Will have outplayed Dort, well, then it's like, who can or what can we get for Dort? Can we get a blank first round pick for him? Can we get blank player for him? Do we have to, again, this is going to happen to Dort. He can't be on this team for the next 15 years. I'm just sorry. He, I mean, he's not going to be 40 years old on this team. So he needs to figure out, and we need to figure out, at what point do we push the uh, exit um, button for Dort? Don't bring him off the bench. <laughs> I don't like it, though. I don't like talking about it. Like I think Dort could be a, a key piece in a championship-level team. And then he could be a hell of a steal if we, if we were able to get that level of production from him. Man. All right. So my question is this is that you know people are asking what about this player what about this player i i will say this is that i don't want the oklahoma city thunder to trade anybody until halfway through the season i just don't we need to figure out which players are going to have a a staple in this 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 opportunity of playing at this moment if you think about this if, if we go out and we trade Trey man and Trey man goes off right and we're like why don't we just keep Trey man for three months to see what he could do we'd be frustrated you know, like that's what we need to do. We need to sit on these players for three months, make a decision on these players once the season's going, which is what um, October, November, December. So a little bit into January, you know exactly where these guys are at, which players are going to play the rest of the season, you know, <laughs> trade the rest and move on. I'm sorry. It, it's got to happen. We've got too many guys that are really good, ready to play. Mistress is one of those players. You know, I'm convinced that some of these guys that are um, on this team right now have an opportunity to be, like, crazy amazing on this team. Like, to the point where people are like, how the fuck do they get that guy? How do they what, – what's going on here? Like, seriously, if you have a player that's, in my opinion, the Ginobili-type player, <laughs> Mistich can be that player. You know, like what? What does that mean? That means that we have a couple that. players that won't be on this this team because he's going to take up their playing time. What if you had like Mitchich, Dort, Poku, Case and Wallace? I don't know Wiggins or yep. Kenny Hustle. I guess Kenny Hustle. You got to get him in there. Like, what if that's your second unit, man? That's such a great I know, effort. And that's what I'm saying is like, you can't like throw Oladipo in there if he's playing for us. He puts points on the board. You know, like the, the thing about it is, is that this team isn't set. We don't know which way they're going. And because of that, I just want them to be patient. Like, what can we wait on? You're like, 
is there going to be an opportunity for us to be um, in a trade because uh, a superstar wants out and the team that wants a superstar doesn't want anybody else coming back? They just want draft picks like that's perfect. You know, like those are the situations that we want to get into. And, you know, I don't know, man. That's why I just think that it's best for this team to see what they can do. Like, can this team go 20 and four in the first 20, um, 25 games? You know, can they can they pull something crazy out of their ass like that or 20 and five? You know, can can the Thunder do that? If they can, why change anything? You know, like everything's in sync right now. Everything feels good. Everybody feels good. Like nothing, nothing should be changed. Then you can keep the starting lineup the way it is. You know, like superstition, like a motherfucker, dude. Like I, back when I was in high school, and this is not even joking, guys. And I can't believe I'm about to say this, but back in high school, I would have a big game, right? And if I had a big game, I wouldn't wash my jersey from the big game, and I sweat a ton. Like I don't sweat just a little bit. So we would get. At nationals, right? And we played against a lot of shitty teams at nationals. And so I'd have big game after big game after big game. I'd play like six games before I wash my jersey. You know, like just disgusting. So superstition is for real in sports, man. Like you have a team that's kicking ass every single time that, that you know, uh, uh, Aaron Wiggins comes off the bench. And they're like, oh, my gosh, here comes Aaron. Oh, we're going to score six straight points. Like he did, man. Every single time he came off the bench at the end of the year. You know, like Wiggins, boom, six points. You know, you create that spark as a team. Like, you know what you're getting, and they they go in the game. They create that. Bro, this team is going to do something special. And I think that the more that people are, you know, staying in here and coming in and tuning in with us, I think more people start recognizing. Like, this team isn't a normal team. Because, first of all, we're ready to compete, and we're all under – like, our core is under 25 years old, really. And if you think about that, our core is under 25, and we're uh, ready to compete – how many teams can ever say that? Like, that's that's what's crazy to me. Like, that's what we should all be focusing on. That's what we should all be talking about. Are all of our Thunder podcasts out there that, that, rep- or that they represent the Oklahoma City Thunder, they should be talking about that. They should be talking about the way we're going to win this year. It's not putting expectations on the Oklahoma City Thunder saying, we expect them to win 50-plus games. That's not expectations. That's just growth. That's all that is. That's us saying, we believe the Oklahoma City Thunder will win this many games next year. And to me, that's we're, we're putting our money where our mouth is. Like, if we were going to win 53-plus games, that means that Shea had a crazy amazing se- season. That means he's going to be top three MVP. So what we're saying about him being the best guard in the league shouldn't be crazy because that means it's top three of MVP voting in the league that has consistently voted MVPs for big men over the last five years. I mean, that should be something we should all hang our head on because that's something that's saying – Two years in a row, Shea's been voted on as the best uh, guard in the league. And what else matters? Having a weird name. I yeah. think that's a good thing. <laughs> you know, they keep going with weird name people. So go with that. Dude, or Dude, just, you got me pumped up, bro. We just got like when God came to Sam Presti and said, in this draft, Jalen Williams would be the star. And then he left. Sam Presti goes, but God, what Jalen Williams? God, God. What Jalen Williams? God didn't answer, so Sam Presti drafted both. And we got two stars, baby. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Love you guys.